boys, girls, children, women, men, transsexual persons, humanoid creatures, aliens, intergalactic beings, Carmex users, and chapstick people alike. Welcome again to another episode of Teach These Devils. It is Wednesday. Unlike the government, Teach These Devils will never be shut down because we fund in a responsible, insane way, unlike the people who we've elected to govern our country. Another story for another day. We got a long one for you on Teach These Devils, man, and it is fucking good. Andy Barr, the motherfucking Cleveland fucking Cavs fanatic, the fucking hilarious songman, the fucking funny crooner, the fucking, the joking, jovial Frank Sinatra of Cleveland land is on the program. He's a Yakubian, but he's got soul, man. He's got at least folk, and that's close. Um... Andy comes on, me and Wilson, the Condor, and of course, I didn't introduce myself like a real opening, I'm James O. Brassfield, if you don't know, if you're new, thank you for being here, if you're old, thank you for being here, I'm very happy to have you here on Teach These Devils, because if it's Wednesday, it's Teach These Devils, my friend and constant contributor, Wilson Travel Rivera, sitting in as usual, per use, uh, and Andy Barr is the third voice on this one. And we've hit a milestone here in season two of TC Devils. Andy Barr is our first musical guest. You guys are going to love it. He plays a couple tracks for us. He plays uh, Land Me For Time and Lakeisha in that order. So there's no track listing or anything. Just it's at the very end. Me and Andy and Wilson talk about uh, his time in Chicago, his old band, The Children's Hour. Uh, fucking a phenomenal story about uh, fame and triumph and and the trappings thereof, and Andy really goes in. Also, we end up talking about, you know, bocce ball. So it's Teach These Devils, man. You know what you're getting. It's what we do. We keep it funky for you. We love you, our coins. Um, I had something really funny I was going to say. I forgot what it was, though. I mean, this episode's good. I'm not going to bore you with my soliloquy, so enjoy it. Thanks for being here, Coys. If it's Wednesday, it's Teach These Devils, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. I love you. Bye. If I had a thousand more. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Teach These Devils. Here on your phone in your fucking house. TDT. It's already <laughs> everywhere. We're already every fucking place you could ever be. I told you about it. It's me, James O'Brasfield. It's my constant contributor, the one, the only, Wilson Chavo Rivera. Watch out. He here though. He here. What's good? Wilson, how you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing? You doing all right? I'm you doing having a good well. day. I'm having a day. I'm all amped up because I drank one of the Mosca energy drinks. Oh really? Yeah. Man, I've been I depressed. I took a nice nap. You I've know depressed all it's 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 <laughs> it's true you I'm know just sad now you're sad it's 2018 make you sad do you miss 2017 that much not really but jeb is just in a funk right now i'm trying to slip out of it dude you gotta get out of the funk town man we'll climb out of the funk my guest today our guest is uh hopefully gonna help pull me out of this funk Probably, We're gonna probably get out of this not. funk together, or we can bring the funk. Because because I've known him for a while, I'm gonna say he's probably not gonna pull me out, but we're definitely he's definitely gonna distract me with a great tale today. I think, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Andy Barr. Wait for you to clap at home. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure, man. Uh, Andy, how's tricks, man? What's new and exciting? Well, what's new and exciting? The year is new. Brand new year, dude. And it's going to be exciting. It's It better be something. Yeah. It's got to be better than last year. I know that. As soon as this cold breaks. Dude, <laughs> what the fuck? It has been frigid. I don't yes. know if yeah. all of our listeners, I think, are from the Northeast. <coughs> so they're experiencing the cold as well. But uh, we're fighting it. We're fighting it together. And we're just going to try and make it a, a good winter, man. It's a it's mad not, powerful it's cold. It might have cold out there. Mighty mm-hmm. powerful cold. And it's just starting. We got Andy Barr here. He's here to warm our hearts with a story. He's here to tell us a little bit about himself. We're going to get right into it, you fucking worms. So why is it called Teach These Devils? Is Andy, the program is called Teach These Devils because uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us that uh, 
<laughs> no. Can I tell you what I think? <laughs> can I tell you what I think? It, yeah. I was like, wait, to teach these devils. Maybe they have like they get some white person on, and like I'm the devil. Yeah, you're nailing. Yeah. It. And, they, and you're gonna teach you guys teach me because you're. Well, the would that be idea, funny if it was okay? Go on. The idea of teach these devils was to like uh, just bring on Yakubian guests and just talk to them and see what we could learn, <laughs> and then. If you listen, you might learn. And if you learn something, we taught those devils. An in-depth Yakubian study. An in-depth study of white culture. Okay, cool. The Yakubian Yakubian person is actually what we call the white people, technically. Because I'm 100% white. Are you? Pure (laughs) Slav. No Slav, just straight German No Slav. Yeah, well, I'm Slav, Polish. What's the whitest white as an expert in whiteitude? I don't. I, mean, I always thought it was Russians. I thought it was Germans. Those are like the rat. Russians and like, Germans are the scariest whites to me. But they're not as white as like Germans. Dutch, Irish, English. I know, is, but I'm saying them as a collective, like historically, they're scarier. <laughs> Dutch, Irish, English. Next I think to might be right. Historically, they're scarier next to American white people because they got the mix. The Russians? No, I'm just talking about like pilgrims and shit. There's no more pilgrims. I'm. <laughs> If we're talking the like the chronological history of, of scary ass white people, uh-huh. you know. Oh, you're talking about a lifetime ranking of scary yeah, whites. like scary white people. Mm. You know? I'm putting the Irish up there because they drink too much not to be up to something. Mm. I guess you, a wasp would be a wasp would be would be pretty white white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Yeah, that's pretty white. They do have some Catholics, so that makes me. I kind of understand the struggle. <laughs> <laughs> the you know, whitest whites of all I heard that time. some of my uh, ancestors had a bad... The Catholics? Yeah. Martin Luther? No, he was a... Protestant. Protestant. And he could have just... No, I thought you were going to say he was a bitch. Yeah, he was <laughs> a bitch. He was a bitch. <laughs> fucking should have kept his <laughs> fucking... Stupid trap. Stop writing yeah. on doors, dum-dum. So I'm pucker up his lips. And I yeah, that was Martin none of your business. Bitch. Hey, guess what? Mind your own business, stupid. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about science yet. It's the dark ages, dum-dum. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Andy Barr, you're not in the dark ages, man. Tell us a little bit about uh, where you were before. Have you always been a Clevelander? Well, I was born and raised in Cleveland, but I moved to Chicago when I was younger. You moved or, to Chirac, huh? Yeah. South side? North side. Okay, the safe side. Yeah. <laughs> how long? When was how old were, Yeah, how old were you then? Like uh, 20 Oh wow, that's a volatile age. Yeah, I couldn't have survived a big city when I was twenty. Chicago was just like a bigger Cleveland. I think it was it's different than other big cities. It's like a, just a big mid Midwest. Yeah, city. I, could, I could see it. Like I've been to Illinois and the surrounding areas, and it seems like the suburbs are very much like Ohio-ish to me. Yeah, seems very similar. But then, like I don't, I fucking don't like cities that much. I'm a I country like cities. guy. I like cities. I like to visit, but I want to go mm-hmm. the fuck home after that. Like, I need grass. I want to be able to go in my backyard. Like, that's what stuff I like. Yeah. What took you to the shy? What made you want to go there? Well, I was just going to school there. Went to uni. Where'd you go? To uh, School Fire Institute. Okay. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. And uh, what, what'd you study? Um. Well, as an undergrad, you just studied everything. Everything. Yeah. Painting, drawing, animation, printmaking, sound. What was your favorite? I kind of liked animation a lot. Um, Animation's pretty popping. Yeah, Wilson was trying to figure out. We were talking on the car on the way over. We were like, "What? What do you do now? What do you do now?" Comedy. Uh, that's <laughs> it. You're, you're not like a salesman, like a secret salesman. You don't sell or like. You can say well, it. we'll just edit it out. Yeah, I mean, I I sell vacuums, but the inside of the vacuum that's like just packed with heroin. Oh yeah, that makes sense. That's a <laughs> yeah. good way to do it. Yeah, it's like. If you're, yeah, sell the, if you're gonna sell the, if you're gonna sell the, you might mm-hmm. as well put it in a vacuum because no one likes to look in the back of a vacuum anyway. You know yeah, what I mean? it's just dust and hairs. You're a smart man. So you're in Chicago. Like, you're not yet a vacuum man. You're mm-hmm. going to school. You're an undergrad. You're learning things. And uh, we all know Andy Barr is a talented uh, songsman. I'm guessing maybe you were playing in some groups when you're in the shy, perhaps. Yeah. Well, I was playing a lot of open mics and um, meeting a lot of people and just playing in different bands yeah um i mean chicago is a great place for music mm-hmm. i bet it's i wonder how the comedy scene is but the the uh oh, the comedy scene there is good yeah now. like the news the um the newspapers i mean i don't want to i don't know nice is what it is yeah the cleveland thing but they don't really uh 
maybe there's not a money incentive for them to do it, but they're just like they don't they're not some community thing. They're no. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're it's like all like advertisements. Yeah. yeah. Just advertising and then like writing stupid like it's trying like, to be a scandalous like right. front page shit, but it's like I'm tired about these anyway. Those motherfuckers yeah. bit one of my stories, basically just yeah. ripped it right off. Really? But yeah, the Nick's Grimmel story is fucking Oh yeah. Cool. Well that's only that's like all of Cleveland. She like stole they like stole like a fucking like straight up copied like a phrase. <laughs> like she like, was like exactly the same shit I was saying. But she just used a different time period. That's it's not about me though. Yakubians <laughs> have been doing me dirty since the day I was born. I'm used to it now. We're gonna talk about Andy Barr. Andy Well just to finish the one thought, like the newspapers, they would have like they would do like top ten like unsigned people mm-hmm. un, you know yeah. like there's plenty of pages i bet you know i bet there's still like today there's plenty of pages on comedians like they oh, yeah. so uh it was easier to get a get a you know a name for yourself because yeah um people were looking like the scenes yeah. like they're gonna have a big article on oh sticks is coming back let's write about them yeah, lame. <laughs> <laughs> and like then who the fuck cares about sticks? yeah and then we're gonna write local Local, some local blurb, like one little, you know. Go check out this jam cover band. Yeah. (laughs) Time Warp Bar in Mm Westlake. Terrible. (laughs) Terrible. Okay, Okay, but yeah, I was, well, I formed a band called Children's Hour with a friend. Children's Hour. And it wasn't a children's, it wasn't children's music. That maybe caused us some problems, like later down, you know, people would be like, (laughs) is this children's music? Is it not? What is this? Children's Hour? I don't want to go. But I would say it was like, Finger picking, folk music, mixed with a little bossa nova, which okay. I kind of bring to the table. Nice. Um, Would you, you were the main guitar player, I'm guessing. Yeah, I played the guitar. I played like the rhythms. Okay. Did you guys have like a whole band or was it just you and another person? It was like a two-person band, but we would bring in drummers and okay. bassists like for shows. But I was working with a girl named Josephine who um, she would play ukulele or harp Okay. and sing. I don't, like, how the fuck do you play the harp? You have to be from Connecticut, I think. <laughs> I'm pretty well, she sure. She was from Boulder, Boulder, Colorado. So like a wider version of Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's cool. So you and Josephine are in this group, the Children's Hour. Yeah. You're doing some Bossa Nova finger pick type stuff. It's You're in the you're in the local, maybe you got into a local publication, I'm guessing. You're mm-hmm. generating some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Wilson? Yeah. What they call it in the business? Buzz. Yeah. I thought they called it bully touching. Uh, that's post buzz. Okay. Okay. Anyway, Andy, <laughs> did you get? You were in this band. It was popping, from what I've been told. Before we continue the story, I just need to know if you got to the level of fame. We get to do young boys. No. All right. Cool. <laughs> just checking because I just. I didn't even sure. get to do girls, but that, I'll talk about that later. Okay. Cool. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about the the trajectory of this band. Tell us the story of uh, the Children's Hour, man. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were actually about to like just you know like just part ways, not part ways as friends, but just part ways as musicians, or take a break. Yeah. And then somebody offered us some show, and she was like, "Hey, do you want to do this show?" I was like, mm. "I was like, mm, sure," you know. Um, it could be our last show, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it was for some other, it was like opening for some friend. Okay. So this guy from, so anyways, we do the show and like the guys that we opened for Mm -hmm. had invited this one record, like independent label record guy to come and check him out. Cause I guess he's friends with them and he was always trying to get him to check out his shows. Wow. So we play the show unknowing that we're like, somebody's looking at us Uh and, um, later on, like when we're done, uh, this guy comes up to us and like, he's like, Oh man, you guys are great. I want to like talk to you guys more and sign you and put you on our label. You go from about to fucking shut it up. down to yeah. like, someone's like, yo, you guys are tight. I want to sign you, et cetera, et cetera. That's gotta be a fucking surreal feeling. Yeah. I didn't. I never thought I'd have like a record label put in front of. I mean, a record contract put in front of my face. That's why you had a record I mean, <laughs> contract in front of your face. Yeah. Was well, the devil there? I guess so. <laughs> I mean, the devil's always. It's like. It's cool, but it's um. I don't know. It's not what it seems, but I'm so. I'm also not complaining. I'm not like yeah. being like, but it's weird. It's cool, but, but it's weird. Yeah. It's like this thing that most, like, every teen boy from Ohio with a guitar is like, man, I can't wait. I'm going to sign that fucking thing up. I'll be on the bus. I'll do whatever it takes. 
But you've yeah. actually had it happen, and you're saying that it's cool, but it's fucking strange. Yeah, well, okay, well, first of all, the record label is called Minty Fresh Records. Okay. Um, and just for a little history on them, I guess, they were the, it was still an independent label. There mm-hmm. wasn't any um, backing from, I think they, at one point they were backed by a bigger label, but um, it was uh, the early O's, aughts, whatever they okay. call it. Anyways, this was the guy. I guess they they were the label that signed the Cardigans. Oh wow! Like okay. the "Love Me, Love Me, Say That You Love Me." Yeah. And they also were the label that signed Veruca Salt. They were the oh, first damn. one to release uh, Seether. That's massive, dude. Yeah. And um, they had some. What's her name? Uh, Liz Fair. Liz oh, Fair. Okay. They they put out some singles by her. No shit. Yeah. So that's and, like almost that's like kind of alt royalty like ninety four. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. But this was like six, seven years later. I'm not saying okay. they were bad, but it was like, you know, not it's it's, it's not like the changes. height of indie. Yeah. And, yeah. Kirk Cobain's dead. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, you get the thing, it's in front of you. You sign it. Yeah, well first well before you sign it, let me just tell like any band uh some advice. Before you sign anything, mm-hmm. And this is even before you talk to a lawyer. Make sure they take you out to a bunch of meals, and because <laughs> they will, they'll fucking spend some money on you. Hell yeah! And it's not even that much money for them because they they have it. But like, yeah, like take have them take you out to the Mexican restaurants or whatever is in the city. That's yeah, what's in Chicago. A bucket for them. Yeah, yeah. They'll fucking pay for it. They'll fucking. It's just like do it so they can butter. They just butter yeah. you up. Mm-hmm. Damn. So make them take you out. This is yeah. a little free advice from Andy Barr. If you get the fucking, before you even talk to a lawyer, before you do anything, say, nigga, I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good to know. I'd say for any contract, yeah. Yeah. If they Feed want me, you. Seymour. And if they show interest in you, like, mm-hmm. I mean, they probably want you because they're not going to waste their time with, you know. Just like. Any, no, you're possibly. Because they, be cool. they see you as a dollar sign. Yeah. Or something. So your band that you were about to quit was lucrative in the eyes of this corporation. Yeah. They want you. They wanted Andy back. He's also the guy who signed the cup. Have you heard the Cowboy Junkies? No, I'm not no, familiar okay. with that. Well, they're kind of like, they're kind of a gentle, like we are kind of a gentle band, I think. At least we sounded that way. It was like very finger picky. And- okay. Okay. So like folk stuff or? Yeah. Bossa Nova. Yeah, Tinted. Folk Nova. Yeah, I like it. Um, oh, God. But we, yeah, he did get our CDs out to like when there were still bookstores around. Like we did have our little things in the borders where you could put no them. No shit, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, they put the contract in front of you. Sign it. Yeah, eventually we signed it. You signed it eventually after the snacks. Yeah. And uh, what what was that process like? Like, so you sign the contract. Where are you going to? F- I imagine like I don't know a whole lot about stuff, but I'm a pretty smart guy. I'm guessing they put you in a van. <laughs> Am I wrong? Well, it, that was just the beginning of our like our. I wouldn't, I mean, I guess I could call it luck, mm-hmm. but we were, um, like a few things, cool things happened at the same time. Okay. Like what? Um, and I have to give credit to my, uh, Josephine, the girl who I worked with, like, you know, I was probably like going in with my eyes, like wide open, yeah. like stars in my eyes and holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And she kind of held back and like was more mature about it. Like, let's just wait till we sign it. Like, I know he just bought you a big taco. That doesn't mean you need to write your name. (laughs) (laughs) Wise. He bought you a couple Coronas, Andy. That's, you know. That's not it. Yeah. (laughs) I dig it. But, um, anyways, like, we're, besides just, I mean, the one thing about getting this record interest, record label interested in us was that we did stick together a little longer and we kept playing shows. And, yeah. We, I mean, they, the record label didn't really help us get these shows but that was, we are already in the trajectory of just being a good enough band to get shows yeah um and we would do open mics or there was this one open mic at this place called the hideout in chicago so and you just bust in the open mics yeah. hit them with the children's hour and the people are like oh my god andy you're yeah. fucking fire let me see <laughs> your yeah so we're doing this op- we're doing this open mic regularly and okay. then one time i read the paper like i read the paper and i'm like uh I look at it and it's like, oh, it says like Billy Corrigan's going to be doing uh he's going to be doing a special open mic at the hideout. Oh, shit. Just for the, I don't know, just for the fun of it or the heck of it. Yeah. Um, With some of his 
hometown boy. Hometown boys and people in his like his new band Zwan that he's trying to get off the. I remember ground. this was right around the time when Zwan had kicked off. This was like the big return of Billy Corgan. Yeah. Anyway, so he, I was like, oh look, I was like, I I called my the band, my bandmate was playing like, hey look, it's uh, you know, it's Billy Corgan, and we both liked him, you know. Of I mean, course. we both were like, oh, you know, you like him, but you're sometimes you're like. Yeah, you Same know. Out with Courtney Love. <laughs> I like him. He's cool. <laughs> like you, you secretly love him, but you're like, of course, you got to tell your like friend, other friends, like, yeah, I mean, he's kind of commercial. Right. Yeah, he's pretty good, but he's, yeah, he's cool, but like, you know, he's derivative. Yeah, <laughs> it's MTV <laughs> stuff, man. Right? Yeah, of course. You're in the children's hour. You're out there grinding out. Billy yeah. Corgan doesn't know what it's like anymore. Fucking punk bitch. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, so like we uh, we have the in. You know, we called the guys at the hideout. We are like, oh, could we be part of this just for the fun of it? Could we do a show? We know you. Yeah. So we're like, fuck our, uh, we go out and we play a show. You know, we go to his open mic. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we see him in the wings, like behind. It's a very small place. We see him and we're like, oh, wow, that's pretty amazing. There's that bald nigga there. Yeah. And then we go up. (laughs) Then, like, they call us up to play. And I'm just playing my twinkly little Bossa Nova folk stuff. And she's singing. And the whole like Billy Corgan comes up to the front, and the other a whole other band like comes up and they're like, you know, they come right to the front. Yeah, and they're like, holy shit! And Billy Corgan's bald head is shining a light into your eyes <laughs> yeah. on the stage. That's a great You're fucking like, Get out of here, Billy. You're like, oh <laughs> shit, oh shit. That's what I, I'd be like. Fuck, yeah. fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> fucking Siamese Dream is looking at me. What am I gonna do I now? Know, yeah. But they're like, wow, these guys fucking love us, you know. And I was playing some pretty cool like. Whatever I was doing back then, it was pretty. I think it was came from an original place. Like yeah. you know, I'm kind of a. I guess a, you know, stuff that sprouts from my mind is pretty original because I don't yeah. like sort of a loner. I guess, and you a know, I'm not learning from other people. A rebel. Yeah, I mean, I love guitar world, and I've you know, but I was also coming up with my own shit. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's what's like, all about for me. Like I've played music since I was like 12 years old. Got my first guitar from Hills Department Store, and I immediately yeah. set it on fire in the garage because I thought <laughs> it was Jimi Hendrix. Like, but I've always loved that. Like, my first guitar was a right-handed guitar, and I was left-handed. Oh, that's... my parents didn't buy, so they refused to buy me a left-handed guitar. So I had to learn to play with right-handed. That's <laughs> so ever and since your mom wouldn't hug you, so that's just doubling down. On this <laughs> bad childhood, Wilson. We're gonna fix your life. No, but that's Sorry. another episode for another day. We're going to have an episode on you. But so, yeah. <laughs> so, have my mom on. I'm going to call her, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, yeah, so you were playing with this band and you had like Billy Corgan come out. And so what was the result post that? Like, well, did you guys, did he talk to you guys after the show? Yeah, he talked to us after the show. Um, and then he invited us for next week because he was, it was like a four or five week open mic thing. He was, oh, he was just in town. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to chill. I'm going to kick it and then yeah. promote some stuff. Y'all come through. Yeah. I'm gonna see who comes up, and I mean, uh, then I'm gonna feed their souls to Courtney Love. Yeah, I mean, we were just like, oh yeah, we have some, we have some fucking pretty good shit in our like, you know. Yeah. Sometimes like if you're walking into open mic and you know that you have some other like some really good shit, and like everybody else isn't prepared, you're like, oh yeah, I got some, I'm about you know. To rock this <laughs> yeah, I know. So exactly. it was like we were like proud of ourselves and. Hell yeah! But you gotta uh, have songs. I think a lot yeah. of people. So, dude. You got Billy Corgan's bald ass head and fucking half his wands probably staring at in the face. You're fucking the only guy playing an instrument up there. That says something, man. That's impressive. Yeah, that's huge. Um, so they invite us, and then they just then things go like really fast from there. Just like a, a rocket <laughs> yeah. ship, because Billy Corgan's like involved. yeah. Well, like three weeks later, we're uh, invited to the studio where he's recording the Zwan album. Get the fuck out yeah. of here. It's also where like R. Kelly recorded shit and other <laughs> trip, plays. Trip, trip. Like there's like records every like there's R. Kelly records. It's just like the big chocolate factory. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Um So you're in the studio with Corgan and Zwan. Did you see James? did you meet James Eha? Did you no, slap No, James Eha was in it was the I thought he was in Zwan. No, the drummer Jimmy Chamberlain was in Zwan. What did Eha do? Dave with? there was a guy named was Dave Paho. Was he in Perfect Circle? What was he in after that? Well, he was in a band called Slint. I swear to God, Which, I thought he was in Zwan. I feel so no, wrong. No, Dave Paho was in Slint. No, sorry. Oh. James E. Howe. No, they, I think that there was a follow-up, fallout between Corgan and E. And There definitely was. Yeah, so they weren't talking at the moment. That, well, you can tell I didn't listen to that Zwan album then. Yeah. But continue, I'm sorry. 
like a lot of people went listen, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, let's see where it was. Oh yeah, so we, I guess I could tell you. Um, we went to the studio and we were able to watch them like play and you know, Get, uh, like, record shit like you know, do it. actually like put stuff down and then wow. Billy Corgan took a second. He was like, you know, he would take like oh he saw us over there and he was like say hey come with me let me talk to you guys for a second. Um, so he took us up like. He, there's a studio. He took us upstairs to like this room. Oh no! It's show a small us, room. No. I have a doll here. Show us on Abraham Lincoln where <laughs> touched you. He touched me right here in my heart. Oh, is he like a good dude? Is he really? Yeah, he like, is. He is. Okay. And cool. he's like, uh, he was, he's a good dude, and he was. Um, I noticed that he hung out with a lot of his uh, old like dudes before he was famous. Like that's cool. Like he was. I think he trusted most of his friends before he became famous. So, like he. Well, that's- and all his like old friends were like, "Yeah, Billy Corgan's a good dude. He is a good dude." Hell yeah! Um, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, like uh, he's just a good Midwest dude, I guess. <laughs> you know, nice. um, Billy Corgan, best in the Midwest. We can smell yeah. our own. So Billy Corgan's like, "Yo, I'm, uh, hold on, uh, cut, cut the take." Yo, Andy Barr, Josephine, let me holler at you up here in this sweet yeah. studio room that I'm in. In his small room, it's like it has a bunch of video game consoles. Oh yeah, and uh, he just talks to us, and like I think we were asking him, like you know, Dude. asking him, "What do you ask Billy Corgan if you ever meet him?" <laughs> um, <laughs> That's so cool. But he told us about how like uh, he, uh, Butch Vig produced um, Gish before he produced uh, Nevermind. Wow. Like, how he was, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and he, like, stuck up for his music and, like, his place in rock history. He does (laughs) have a very serious place in rock history. Like, I remember, I don't remember a whole lot of shit about music after Kurt Cobain died. But I remember, like, 1998, like... Going to school like at my grandma's house because my mom had to go to work. I'd be at my grandma's house and I watch VH1. And the only popping shit that would come on VH1, the only shit I liked was fucking Smashing Pumpkins videos. Yeah. And fucking Cheryl Crow because I thought she was a dime. <laughs> and I wasn't wrong. It's <laughs> fucking crazy. I feel like they're, but you know, WMMS and a lot of stations, they don't, I don't really hear Smashing Pumpkins at all. I hear Pumpkins on WMMS once and okay. then every now and then. Yeah. yeah. Not I mean, as I hear a lot of Stone, Stone Temple Pilots and. Pearl Jam and mm-hmm. Jane's Addiction. Yeah. Maybe they could fake uh, Darcy's death and then they'd yeah. be a lot more popping. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, they, I, I'd say that Smashing Pumpkins is definitely underplayed, especially for what it is. It's fucking, it's like Midwest rock. I like, wouldn't say they were underplayed. It's but. Midwest rock, baby. What, what's the other Midwest crazy rock band like that? I don't know, man. I mean, if you go, if you want to dig deep, I'm sure we could have this conversation, but. We could, I think. We're talking about Children's Hour now, boy. Young, yeah. The new Midwest sensation as of the 2000s. So, yeah. So then uh, Billy brought you guys up. And what did you guys just talk about when you guys were up there? Was it just... We just asked him advice about... Um, just putting shit together. Yeah. What to look out for. Mm-hmm. What was the best piece of advice Billy Corgan gave you from your mouth to our ears? Well, to not sign with that label. <laughs> I think we already signed with it. (laughs) Oh, and I also got to go to Billy Corgan's birthday. No shit. Yeah. (laughs) Who was there? Uh, Who's at Billy Corgan's birthday? Um, his trainer. (laughs) That's it? No, there was a lot of people like his band, but it was I was like I went to his thirty fifth birthday. Courtney Love wasn't there? No. I did overhear him talking about Courtney Love once and I'm like pinching myself. I didn't listen because I was trying to be good, but I was like, I'm hearing Billy Corgan talk about they're like besties apparently yeah. still to this day like they kick it he used to live in a yeah. fucking pool house apparently like mm-hmm. until recently but I've always said if there's if I could get within arm's reach of Courtney Love oh god damn it I'm James. telling you have you Why'd seen you the cover she looks like she would hurt you why, why do you gotta say it like that uh, yeah of course she's gonna hurt you, you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Andy fucking talked to Billy Corgan, you idiots. What did you do in 2000? I was barely graduating high school. You know what we're going to do? It's CC's Devils. It's about halfway through. We're going to take a quick little break. We're going to collect our energies. We're going to smoke some cigarettes. We're going to... Then we'll be right back with, with the some legend more Andy Barr, man. Of Andy Barr. Fucking Billy Corgan's bestie, Andy Barr. Ah, uh-uh. ah. Ah, ah, indeed. 
Boys and girls, oh, you almost we're back. Touch my hand again, dude. Man, stop trying to touch my hand you know, in whatever, the break. Dude, you're the one who's always trying to touch my you hand. You guys bro. don't know this. Just because I nap with in dudes, the break, you always think I'm trying to touch your Wilson hand. You're the one trying to touch, touch my hand gently like a lover. And don't I'm listen not to down that. with that. Don't I mean, listen to that. You trying to? I'm not trying to hold your hand. Your hand. You, some people look would rough say that right now. They are. Hold they those. are very rough. I can. I can cut your face with this knuckle. It is wintertime. It's cold outside. We cover. Get dry when you brown. You know that because you're fucking a listener of Titsy's Devils and you listen to the first half of this episode. We were talking about how fucking cold it is and how it's depressing me and how it's fucking really draining my life. But we got Andy Barr here and he's telling us stories about fucking hanging out with Billy Corrigan. That shit's really jazzing me up. I like it. I uh-uh. love it. I want some more of it. Andy Barr returns. What up? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about you going to Billy Corgan's birthday, but before that, you're in the studio with the Corgan, the bald wonder, and uh, he gave you some advice, and then what happens after that, Andy? Well, then, I mean, we get kind of cozy with them, Mm -hmm. but it's all like, you know, it's nothing like you hear about show business. It's like, they like us, they want us to tour with them. That's cool. There's no, like, weird shit going on. Yeah, because it's Billy Corgan. He's yeah, it's like guy. all very like innocent and nice, and it, keep, it stays that way. That's cool. Yeah, they put you on, man. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's how it happens. And it's like funny that we're like they're like a rock band, and they they uh, anyways, he is like, hey, do you guys want to go on like the uh, the North American tour with us? We're it's like crazy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, hell yeah, um, that's got to be an experience. Yeah, so it's like thirty two cities. Like we start. I'm trying to think how we. Uh, I think first we go down to Florida, then we go up through New Orleans, and then we go like a, what are you, through you're Texas. You're in a bus. What are you doing? We're in a we're in a car. We're in a we're in a car. We're in a we're in a car. Yeah. We're in a car. And then we trade that car with some one of our friends for like a SUV. Nice. We're like, can we borrow this? And they're like, yeah. Um, uh, there's one point where like the SUV breaks down, and I have to tell in Florida, in Orlando, where I'm like, I like I take we take it to the. Uh, and it's funny, this is like right when Iraq is like, like, I just remember, like, this is the same day that, like, the all the statues of Saddam Hussein are coming down. Oh, nice. <laughs> I mean, it puts you in a, just some details, you know, to put you in, right? put in you the in scene. The, like in the, the time period. Yeah. This is a time tale. So I'm like, something happens to one of the windows or something. I'm like, I go, I go to this, we go to this place, and we're like, hey, uh, we'll give you backstage passes to Billy Corgan's concert. Sure. Could you fix this shit for us? And they go. <laughs> and they do. Hell yes, we got you. Yeah. Um, That's cool. Uh, so the tour manager is the same, like one of Neil Young's best friends or something who manages oh, Neil Young's friend shit. That's so weird. Yeah. Like, and after everything else, like the surreal experience, the record contract thing, the fucking, the reality of meeting Billy Corgan, him being into your band, inviting you to the studio, and it just keeps getting better for Andy Barr, man. Like, you're on tour with fucking Zwan. It's North American tour, one of the most anticipated albums of the 2000s, and you're opening up. Yeah. That's crazy, and they, dude. And then, uh, so they know that we're kind of like, we sound like, you know, we're just, the drummer from, well, actually, Dave Pajo, who is, um, before he was in Zwan, he was like in a band called Slint, which, okay. if I was indie enough, I would know, I wouldn't know, but they're pretty important, like, band in terms of influencing a lot of the... I guess emo stuff. Okay. And I'm just sound like old man saying that, but like, you know, that emo, <laughs> emo stuff. You remember yeah. Mark Kim? You know, like they influenced <laughs> that shit. What? Um, okay. But they, but they were like better than like the, the commercial side of it or whatever. They were, uh, Grittier. so yeah. So he would play drums for us. Oh wow. One of the members of Swan would come in and play drums for us while the, another member would be like, prop up the crowd be like, Hey, be nice to these guys. That's cool. You know, but they did like us. Any, they, the crowd liked us for some reason. Like we were guys playing, were out there doing it. yeah, we were like two. I guess we looked like just two innocent kids playing uh, twinkly that music. That was popping then, though, man. That was yeah. really popping. Yeah, yeah well, like there was like, something called like softcore that was going around. Mm. That was like big in like the college scenes yeah. back in the day. Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard of Kings of Convenience or Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah? That's cool. I would always say that we sounded like that, but then Josephine would be like, shut up, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> and then one time, like, just to show her that I was, like, not going to say it, and then I was, like, on her side, I was, like, I had a King's Convenience CD, and I, we were on, like, we were in Chicago, and we were in, like, some, like, the 20, I don't know, a huge, like, a high floor. Yeah. It's, like, just to show her that I was, like, 
I'm not going to say it anymore. And like, you wung it out the window. Yeah, I just threw it down. I was like, look at this. Here's Kings of Phoenix. And I like threw it down the. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's like, okay, that was a good sign. Like, thank you, Andy. Hell yeah. So I don't want to hear you talk about that bad one more time. <laughs> you and Josephine are on the road. Yeah. You're hanging out. You're fucking. Do you have any crazy road stories? Like, there has to be. There's some broads in Florida that would have seen you up there and been like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking any bar. Not, I mean, unfortunately, no. It was, uh, so your luck had ran out. No, I just like I think it's just me, maybe. <laughs> I have that same problem. Yeah. I was trying to decide if all my friends were racist because they wouldn't have sex with me. Yeah. And maybe it's just me. But yeah. it's probably not. I'm just I mean, so I unsexy. Because you're a fucking racist. <laughs> but I look back at pictures of myself at that age, and I'm like, I was, I look good. You're a handsome gent. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what, what was up? You're aging well, Andy, I gotta say. You yeah. look good. Yeah. No one knows how old you are. You're a space vampire, just like me. Yeah. And we look great. We're just going to keep agree. looking better and better. I feel like you're going to look more and more like Mark Ruffalo as you grow up. Um, that would be nice. <laughs> as you grow right? up. <laughs> it's true. I'm going to look more and more like Denzel. You're going to look more and more like fucking John Edward James Olmos. What? Mm. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Look like at Time Machine see Edward James Wilson almost. No, dude. It's a fuse between Edward James Olmos and John Leguizamo with a little bit of Eric Estrada. Oh. Have you ever heard of Bonnie Prince that? Billy? Or I've heard of that, but I've not listened. Because we had a little tour stop in uh, Kentucky, uh, Louisville, and he's some like, I don't know, somebody who's big in Europe, but sort of. I've heard of him, but I've not listened to his stuff. Um, Like tour stories, I guess. Did you uh, ever throw uh, deli meats at women's hindquarters? No. Fishing for sharks out of your hotel window? No. M80s in the toilet. We had some really shitty hotels. <laughs> you never crashed your <laughs> like Rolls some of the worst Quintas ever. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Corgan's calling you from the fucking. F- the no, he was. He was called, He actually did like. No, I remember one day he was like, "Hey, Andy, we saw someone who looked exactly like you, but he was like at the Biltmore, and I don't know much about them, but I know the <laughs> of like hotels. I know the Biltmore is like something huge. It's a big deal, yeah. He's like, we saw someone who just looked just like you, and like we were like, oh, I was like, oh, cool. Um, and like we probably had stayed at the La Quinta that day, where there was like bugs crawling on the fucking pillows. That's La Quinta. Yeah, nothing like the comforts of home and your own personal bedroom. Yeah, and it smells like it's like the worst temperature, and it smells like there's that cigarettes and pee. Yeah, like pee and La Quinta. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar. That's disgusting. Ugh, I hate I hate hotels, which is why I I don't mind hotels if they don't smell like pee. I fear getting popping as a jokester because I'm going to be in a lot of shitty hotels. I can already smell it. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, like... Uh, I only want the finest right? of bed sheets. I feel like, Andy, like you had a fucking dream scenario happening to you, man. You're on tour. You're fucking doing it. And I always felt like if it was me, if I was in your position, and somehow my shitty band got picked up and they wanted to turn me in, like it would go wrong for me immediately because they want to turn mm. me into some fucking fat version of Darius Rucker and it would be like <laughs> super popular and I'd have to be like uh, flying fucking commercial to get from yeah. here to there because I'm so popping but I got a trillion dollars and I want to fucking blow my brains out because I wrote fucking I only want to be with you. I want to yeah. hate it. Like that's a nightmare for me. And it seems like you've evaded all of that and lived your dream. Yeah. Where well, does it go wrong? It doesn't really go wrong that many places. Like, I could brag about, like, the first... I had never been to New York to that point. Oh, wow. Um, And I'm, like... The first day I fucking go to New York City, I'm fucking playing at, like... I forgot the name of it, but it's, like... A huge venue. Yeah, I'm playing at, like, a 3,000 ve- people oh venue. That's nuts. In Toronto, it's, like, seven, 8,000. It's huge. That's crazy. I'm, like... So I'm, like, feeling good about myself. <laughs> of course, dude. That's an like, incre- incredible feat. Yeah. Oh yeah, my first day in New York. Okay, let me just. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just playing. I'm just playing yeah. this big venue, sold out show. It was yeah. like New. Your first trip to New York was on the backs of the Zwan North American tour. Yeah, it's a feat, man. Like that's something to tell your grandkids about. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. My whole life, I feel like it's just me trying to compile good grandkid stories. So far, you're beating the shit out of me. <laughs> so. You and Josephine do the Zwan tour. It's 32 gigs. What happens after that? What's the next step for the children's hour? That's where it all falls apart. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's where we uh, kind of just, it just kind of peters out. and Just fizzles. Yeah, fizzles. 
Your star I moved. Fans. I eventually moved back to Cleveland. Where's uh, Josephine? She's in Europe right now. I was kind of hoping you guys would fall in love. Maybe in the no. rented SUV. <laughs> no. <laughs> she's a great person. We, we were already friends. and That's how it usually starts. Yeah. <laughs> no, we would. No, we still talk a lot. Oh, really? Yeah, we're still great friends. And, well, that's good. I mean, and we're like, we just re released uh, our CD in Europe, like three or four years ago. No oh, shit. Wow. And we're like talking about re releasing something. I'm supposed to meet her. She lives in Europe, but she's supposed to come to Colorado, like again this summer. And I'm going to okay. meet her, and we're going to, we have still have some P sides that we want to release. And That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's really cool. So you guys have still stayed in touch. It wasn't, there was no love lost. No. It just kind of fizzled out. Yeah. What happened with the record company? They were just like, yo, uh, thanks. Are you yeah. guys still locked in? Like, what's the... I don't know. No, we're not is. locked in. Like, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, they were... They treated us... I mean, they were good and they treated us nicely when we were like... When we looked like we were going to be like... Yeah. Golden Iron gooses to them. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think we sold... We really didn't sell, sell enough records to... You know... You guys weren't iron. Like, we, we couldn't afford it. You know, we're not, neither of us are rich, and we couldn't, yeah. Yeah, and then we couldn't keep the lifestyle going on. Especially and going out with on Billy like, Corgan. Just, yeah. like, just like a 32-city tour, just like that. Yeah. You know, you're did they starting give you, in like, a car. I know, like, tour, did they give you money or anything? To, like a per diem or something to get gas and shit, or no? Like, no, we, and we would get, like, maybe 300, 200 at the most for gigs, and which was good, but it's still, like... Uh, it wasn't um, substantial. Yeah, it wasn't substantial, and that sucks. We got to eat with them, and it was a good like. It was like, it was like rock star vacation, you know. That's neat, dude. Yeah, like rock star camp. It's like space camp for fucking. Yeah. but with fucking Billy Corgan. I went to space camp. The closest thing <laughs> I got, I think. Now this is just a theory at this point. I think my bunkmate was Pete Wentz. I can't be sure. <laughs> I haven't spoken to him since. His name I is Pete. I don't think your bunk prank was Pete Wentz. Nigga, let me have this, okay? The <laughs> same. Andy met Billy Corrigan, all right? You heard him talking about Courtney Love. I may be. Pete Wentz is like older than fucking me. He's, like, he's pretty old. Yeah. No, there's no way you went to space Maybe camp wasn't Pete Wentz. Then. Maybe I didn't go to space camp. He's just a very Wentz. old man who looks like a wayfish 12-year-old girl. How old is Pete Wentz? 71? 500 years old. No. Yes. How old's Ashley Simpson? Five thousand years old. She's one of the like ancient Pete ones. Like forty-five and Gerard Way or something. They're like all like. But Gerard was doing all kinds of shit before the band. Like he yeah. had that like the. Was it cartoon? No, was it Adult Swim? He mm-hmm. had an Adult Swim thing for a minute. Wasn't he involved in Invader Zim as well? I don't know. I think he was in on that somehow. I don't know anything about those dudes. <laughs> that was too cool. But that was I too cool for my chemical romance. They were just like coming. They weren't. It was before they were coming up, and someone was like, "Oh yeah, I know, I know this band. This is gonna be huge." Oh damn! They call it Chemical Romance. <laughs> and they're like, like, oh cool. Their <laughs> first album, man, I thought was fucking fire though. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty doggone good. Throwback. I'm gonna say that's off brand for the God program. Damn it, <laughs> you got me again. I'm off. I thought it was good, again. but like by that point, you couldn't tell who was auto tuning or not in those. Yes, that era. I thought well, a lot of those bands sounded the fucking same. Yeah, like I like it was to call all it the doo-doo bop era. Doo-doo bop, doo-doo bop, doo-doo bop, doo-doo bop. That was all the drum and music. And it was like, so lame. The, the, <laughs> all the other music was so lame. Like he, they were competing against like uh, Chris Daughtry. Yeah, yeah. all Gerard Way had to do was like be like shimmy across the streets. Like, whoa, that's pretty cool. That's <laughs> somehow, He's different. <laughs> somehow those soft ass bands kept rock and roll alive. Somehow, like Queens was pretty. Well, dude, dormant he was just then. like as a bunch of kids. Listening right? to shit, so they just like that's what's that was like the hot topic era of rock music, very much so. I hated hot topics, so I didn't, I wasn't into it because anytime I walked to a hot topic, it just smelled like blood, vanilla, and sweat. Blood, <laughs> vanilla, vanilla, like and that's sweat. what I picture the mixture of smell being the story. And of I would like, topic. like thinking about it is making me kind of almost nauseous. No, yeah, let's move on. Let's nauseous. move on. Let's get that. out of this hot topic. Let's move on from that. Wilson. Triggering for Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Wilson, all right. Now hit him with the fucking heavy hitter questions just like we planned. Go. Do you love badminton or do you like badminton? Oh, shit. Oh, man. I definitely like it. Like, I only have good oh. memories of <laughs> going to my white family reunions. 
It's just like, we're, we're a big badminton. There's like, man. there's badminton, there's bocce ball. Damn, homie. <laughs> there's Your a fucking pool. Your uncle keeps saying shuttlecock over and over. Yeah. Hit the no, shuttlecock. Was... Come on. <laughs> Strike the cock. <laughs> That's what it was. Like, that was like, I don't know. Since we're doing the devil shit, I don't know. <laughs> White family reunions, we don't have like the shirts to say, you know. Why not? I'm jealous of that shit. You guys should really do that. But we do have like fucking badminton, bocce ball. Wait a minute, wait a minute. How is it a family reunion if you don't have a shirt on that says the name of the family? Exactly. don't have family reunions You guys just wear the same L.L. Bean shirt or something? I don't understand. Yeah. We just have occasional... uh, Puerto Ricans can't get it together enough to get by the shirts. (laughs) White people definitely (laughs) could. And we go to like the the person who's rich enough to have the pool and the the pool, the pool table and like maybe a... Pac-Man arcade game. Oh, so you guys just go house. to the house and do the family Yeah, game. go to the sweet house. Nah, man, we go to the park, man. We go to the park. We shut the <laughs> fucking park down. Mm-hmm. We're grilling on that motherfucker. We're cooking fish and shit. Nobody can tell us shit at the park. Next thing you know, we all got matching yellow shirts on with a fucking tree on it. We're looking good, baby. It feels yeah. right. I can't imagine a, a family reunion without matching tees. No, that's why I'm like... I work at a hotel and there's a lot of family reunions that come through and I'm like, that's the one... Like, I'm just sad that we didn't have that. But I don't think, times? like, any, if a family, if there's no, in the history of family reunions, there's no white family reunions that had a, ever had a t-shirt. They I don't think I've ever on, seen one. Just their best Oxford. Exactly. That doesn't make any, like, how do you show unity? By being racist together. No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's all white people. Like, I think that maybe black people have, like, the shirts because, like, there might be some white family members mm-hmm. sprinkled in. So we want to make sure we don't fucking, we treat them nicely. So everybody gets a shirt. But at the white family reunion, if ever you're like, oh, well, clearly no one's going to come in here. That's not supposed to yeah. be. No one wants to eat this terrible coleslaw that we made. <laughs> Andy, as a professional white. Can you tell me why niggas can't, you fucking white devils can't figure out how to make coleslaw properly? It's making me upset. Well, we know how to make sauerkraut. That's a black people thing too, I think. Because my mom makes sauerkraut very much different. My mom makes sauerkraut way different than any (laughs) sauerkraut I've ever had. I just had it because it's New Year's. Well, we have like, like, I don't know if this is white people. They have sauerkraut, but like we eat it by itself. Like, I, isn't sauerkraut better when you like put it on put, shit? Like, sausage and, put on and shit sausage. in it. Yeah, you put it in the yeah. crock pot. Like they give sausage. it to us, and you're sausage. like, they give it. Like, they scoop a little on the plate, and you're like, supposed to eat it by itself. That's why I never wet. liked. Yeah. See, like I feel like that's just raw sauerkraut because like we'll put it in the crock pot with the fucking the sausage, the Italian sausages or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, generally vinegary and cook it up. I love salt. sauerkraut. It's delicious. But like, wait, uh, coleslaw. Like, I had been eating coleslaw by itself because there's never a POC to tell me you could eat it. You could, there was never a POC to tell me that you could eat it with other things. And suddenly, I, like, I had this idea once. Like, what if I just throw this on the sandwich? Like, oh, fuck yeah. it, let's do it. And I, it was good. A pub boy. Yeah. <laughs> no man, I and think coleslaw. French fries and barbecue sauce and or hot sauce. Ooh, on it. boy, young man, boy. I think that coleslaw is one of the most underrated foods because it is filling. You can salt and pepper it, and it's just a side dish. Are you a creamy coleslaw guy, or are you a vinegary coleslaw I got to have the cream, dude. Like, I feel it. I went to the yeah, the other day, and they had the whitest white boy fucking wet lettuce-ass coleslaw I ever had <laughs> in my whole motherfucking life. <laughs> they just fixed the goddamn beans. How do you make a baked bean and not put any fucking barbecue sauce in the beans? Tell me that, white fucking Yakubia dogs. I should go over there and shut that fucking place down. You should let them know. We got to teach them. Whatever they're doing with the sides is not barbecue, my friend. You hear that? We're coming for you. Shout out to the sponsor, Ferris. Uh, uh, uh. Shout out to the sponsor, Orange Crush. The finest chicken shawarmas and the finest orange sodas. Nourishing our body. Shout out to the sponsor, Did I say chicken Vitmo? sodas and sh- chicken soda? I'm. You fucking... said it right. You had okay, it right. cool. I'm just wondering. Don't I'm... worry. Anything that goes bad, we can delete. It's no problem. <laughs> Whatever, yes. We have total control. Andy, say something problematic. Um. <laughs> See, no. you you, post-production is, I can beep that and it'll sound like you said something terrible. Yeah. It's fine. Andy, your was right. <laughs> that made it sound like you like already bleeped it out. Was right. 
Gum is the Lord? Yeah. Goddamn Lord of the Rings movies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. God damn it. Problematic white people questions. Okay. Well, yeah, I got plenty of them. I've been studying white people for a long time, but for our guests out in the audience, Andy, as a white man, when Billy Corgan met you, did he handshake or fist bump? Handshaked. And I'm used to like the more like the the shake that goes like you know like you out and you're like yeah, you do the stuff yeah I like that but I don't I know if he even handshake me I think we just like we What's might up? have just hugged or something yeah What's up, dude yeah yeah that's neat um I feel like it, the white greeting is very uh, it's like a fucking a conundrum because black people we have like seven different things we can go to we can go straight to a hug we can do a quick little shake the universal black people handshake uh, we can do uh, just like a, a quick ah, the head nod. Mm-mm. There's a lot of options for us, and I feel like white people really get stuck with two things: handshake, yeah, or like a very different head nod. And yeah, and you know what I hate about the handshake? The downward nod. It's almost like a fuck these niggas. <laughs> There's always some white guy who wants to squeeze the fuck out of your hand because it's some like yeah, it's also like, some alpha that's male. That's a like, black people thing too. Like really? right now, something you shake a man's hand, you fucking you gotta grab like. It. Be firm and like. Be firm. He didn't say break it, but you know, let him know you're not a fucking a boy. I remember yeah. One time a dude shook my hand and he squeezed like that, and I could just be like, I just thought I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's an introduction, man. I know, but I didn't. I wasn't coming at him hard. I was just like, I barely know you. I think we shouldn't have let white people come up with all the greetings. Like they invented the wave. And shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, invented they definitely all did. that shit. And it's <laughs> fucking washed. They definitely hey, invented. Everybody. They must have invented okay because that's isn't that the isn't the, that the that's pretty white I think this is the alt right thing now yeah I guess it is it yeah. I wonder what that's all about this is the okay symbol is now the alt right thing why and they were they saying that, that the thumbs up is that now too alt right shit allegedly well that's why I stick with hang loose that's some like four chan bullshit too, yeah. something yeah I don't like it what else can I ask you about white people that I don't know why do white people who like Pictures of small Japanese girls hate mm. black men. Yeah. <laughs> like in cartoon women, not like real women, like small cartoon. And either way, it's still weird. Because I can't it's believe like, I'm saying this. Well, but. from personal experience, um, it, <laughs> I could write books on this. I don't know. <laughs> You're not one of those Asiophiles, are you? Well, always, I mean, I just always feel weird. Do you want me to go on why I don't like, wait, black people? <laughs> or why I like Asian women? No, it's not like no. <laughs> I'm talking about like the dudes who like the cartoons of like high school Asian girls. Yeah, and why they're so well, I guess that's Crazy. like be, thankfully I'm too old for that. Like that wasn't my generation. I, I know it's in my gen. It's like a yeah. weird thing in my generation. Yeah. Like you guys really have like pillows know. and shit, hente. I don't even yeah, know. Don't like that kind of stuff that, blows my mind. <laughs> I don't got no hente, dog. I remember one kid told me a story about when some kid got caught with like a bunch of those magazines, and I can only imagine what that does. The Futuri magazines of like, fucking Pino? Like, like if you just like. <laughs> Why would you watch a digital Pino? Why would you? It doesn't, like to me, it's just like it's cartoons. But it's so like, it's like, why would you watch that kind of porn? Pussy's a pussy, I guess, even if it's drawn. <laughs> like, I guess, I guess it's like, oh, boobs, but it's like so anatomically odd. Yeah, they make them gross. Like their pussies are like got lips like an orangutan. Just like I like it, it, but that's not a realistic thing. You got to really find a for that. And they're always in schoolgirl outfits or some shit. Yeah, and it's always like, and I'm like, this is just these are small adolescent things. I don't like it. It's terrible. Okay, do you guys ever? Here, I'll I'll reverse the questions. POCs, do you guys ever play? <laughs> have you ever played bocce ball and do you enjoy it? No, I've never played bocce ball I in my life. I have played bocce ball. It is quite fun. Yeah, it's like okay without all the annoying shit. With all of the bullshit. Yeah, you can just roll it. It's like you don't tactile. need the fucking thing. It's like tactile croquet. I fucking yeah. bocce. And those things are heavy as fuck. Like they're very heavy. You can murder a white with one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I've done it. No, I've, I've never, never played killed. bocce ball. It's fun. We should we should bust that out. P twenty bocce tournament. Citywide. Citywide pizza money bocce ball. My backyard's ball not good for bocce. It's got a lot of roots. We'll have to play somewhere else. But you just play the street in front of my apartment. You need grass though. That's the key. Oh. Yeah. I always got grass, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know because yeah. white people they always have plenty of grass in their. They do because <laughs> they have attained it over several hundred years of disenfranchisement. Yeah. 
it's a gra- it's a grass sport. <laughs> before you go, Andy, before you bust out these jams, is there anything you need to know about black culture? I know. I just want to. I just want to be like POC. Yeah. Which sounds wanna, like piece of crap. To me. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I just want to ask a bunch of questions that start with as people of as POCs. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I What's the you, best thing something white people ever did? Brunch. Yeah, that's right. Brunch wins for white people stuff. Everything else you guys did, terrible. Did we invent omelets? No. Those are pretty good. No. We anything stole them. Like, anything that's gross, like, the only reason people know about pork stuff is because they would, that's what they would give to black people because they thought it was gross. Yeah. <laughs> like, fried chicken. They were like, oh. Here's the end of the chicken. <laughs> Make that good, you darky. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, we got something for that. <laughs> What's that smell coming from the slaves' quarters, Martha? Smells delicious. Who gave them cornbreading? We took it. Sauce. <laughs> Who gave them cornbreading? <laughs> Andy. Andy, wait. Mark. Okay, say no. Go. No, I'm gonna be racist. Right <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, black people, here's a bunch of saxophones <laughs> and trumpets. It's like, okay, jazz. <laughs> we, we nailed that. Yeah, we really nailed. Crushed that. it. I think like. Uh, you're a musician. This is There's a theory. bunch of brass instruments. We don't need these days. <laughs> they don't sound good in uh, Beethoven's Fifth. <laughs> we, uh, we're not going to use those. Yeah. Oh, my God. What's this jazz stuff that's coming out? <laughs> I don't know. I don't like it. I can't do it. There's no words to it. I don't, I, there's, I don't understand. How am I supposed to move they rhythmically to this? I got an idea. Let's make Rhythm. What's jazz. that? <laughs> I got my own jazz called Big Band. It's super white. <laughs> and my name is Paul Whiteman. <laughs> oh my god Andy thank you for coming on thank you you've yeah, been a gem this is a sweet sweet Paul Whiteman's show. white jazz band <laughs> Paul, Paul Whiteman <laughs> the greatest jazz band ever oh yeah I hope you and Josephine uh, link up and get some more shit popping for the children's hour uh, I know you can find the children's hour on iTunes I know you can find it I think you can find him on Spotify too Spotify yeah. You, if you know Andy, ask him for a fucking CD, you bitch. You need some checks, nigga. You can also even, listen to my new shit. You can even and listen yeah. to his new shit. What's your new shit called? Comedy music. Your comedy jams? You have an yeah. album out in a couple weeks. Oh shit, the album's about to drop. You heard it yeah. here first on TC's Devils, a fucking exclusive. Woo. Andy Barr's comedy music album is coming out. What's it going to be called, Andy? Um, the comeback. <laughs> I like the taste of it. No, the return of the comeback. Me and Wilson Something. can drum up some titles for you in the yeah. break. But Andy, thanks again for coming on. Um, I think you're gonna play us out with some hits, man. Right? Come with free bocce balls, <laughs> free bocce's, and a <laughs> and a shuttlecock for the kids. Mm-hmm. Wilson, anything you want to tell these worms before Andy hits the fucking sticks? Oh no, not at all. Just enjoy it. Enjoy it. Love it. Check Andy out at the. Uh, enjoy it. Pick up some children's hour stuff. You're at the Ad Hominem show, right? You're, yes. You're part of the Ad Hominem Attack show on Saturdays. Uh, check your local listings. We love Andy Barr, and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Long be for time. All right, when he, when we come back, Andy's gonna play the fucking hits, bro. Thanks for listening. Land be for time. Land be for time. Land be for time. Littlefoot sees his mother, but she is walking too far ahead. He tries to catch up, but she is just in his head. She's dead. He is sad. He just can't unwind. The first earthshake comes. Littlefoot meets Sarah, a triceratops, and she is rather rude. She's always fucking with him and putting him in a terrible mood. Later on, they become friends, no dinosaur left behind. The second Earthshake comes. 
If you're lost, you can look and you'll find a tree star land before time. The, if you run, you can catch it. The great valley is waiting land before time. If you run, you can catch it. Fuck. It is waiting land before time. Three horns and long necks, they don't get along. Land before time. Run, you can catch it. The great valley is waiting. Land before time. But behind every corner, a sharp tooth is waiting. Land before time. Land before time. Land before time. Littlefoot's getting tired of being in all these Land Before Time movies. He wants to branch out and fire his agent. <laughs> He's sick of carrying everybody on his shoulders. He wants to be cast in other things. But they keep throwing more money at him. And he keeps saying, okay, fine, I'll do another fucking one. They keep saying, and Don Bluth has him signed to an ironclad contract. What did Don Bluth do to him behind closed doors? Don Bluth's a sick motherfucker. If you would just go online, you would see that for yourself. Things that he made that long neck do. <laughs> T Rex. T Sex. <laughs> it's disgusting. Hollywood is disgusting. Back to the song. Wait. Littlefoot's getting tired of all these fucking dinosaurs like Petrie. He's thinking of throwing Sarah off of a cliff. He's really getting pissed. Yeah, Littlefoot is getting quite miffed. But he's like a Moses to them. He must lead him to the promised land. And that's just what he does. If you're lost, you can look and you'll find a tree star. Land before time. The long necks and three horns, they don't get along. Land before time. If you run, you can catch it. The great valley is waiting. Land before time. But behind every corner, a sharp tooth is waiting. Land before time. Land before time. Lakeisha, whoa, Lakeisha, whoa, Lakeisha, baby, won't you be my girl? Lakeisha, whoa, Lakeisha, whoa, Lakeisha, baby, won't you be my girl? I asked LaShonda to ask LaRonda to ask Leticia to ask LaMisha to ask LaKeisha if she would be my girl Well LaKeisha she told Leticia to tell LaShonda to tell LaRonda to tell me that I could go to hell LaKeisha Whoa, Lakeisha, whoa, Lakeisha, baby, won't you be my girl? And girl, you don't ever have to call on Tyrone. 
Cause I'll always be home Akisa This white devil's waiting for you <laughs> I know I'm problematic But this I'm instant Matic Akisa Whoa Akisa Whoa Akisa won't you be my girl? Andy Barr, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, 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 indeed again. Andy, thank you so much. Thank you.